Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 45. We're already laughing because we uh, jumped on a little early and, and started the commiseration. So we are here to bring it to you. Welcome to episode 45 of the Interviews podcast. As always, I am one half your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno and a special guest, the world's biggest Bologna fan. Congratulations to Nick Diani of the kicks and picks pod i don't know i don't know how you bet this one did you uh did you Former make any Lazio cash fan. off of this now now fully Former committed Lazio. bologna fan <laughs> the the only bet i actually had was orsellini anytime goal scorer so that came through hey uh, all right was, good for you and i'll, good I'll for tell you. you why uh he's usually around plus 250 plus 300 any given game he was plus 450 for this game coming off of a hat trick i didn't know that he was going to score but the odds were too good to pass up, so fortunate to have that one come through. Yeah, we didn't know he was going to score either. Uh, <laughs> thought thought the line sounds like they thought Bastoni was going to pocket him, yep. which you know uh, sort of happened. But we'll get into all of it. Uh, we are here for the post match of Inter Bologna, which finishes two two at the San Siro. Goals from Acerbi in the eleventh minute, his first of the year. Lautaro gets on the score sheet in the thirteenth with an absolute worldie. Uh, and then Bologna comes back, ties the game. Orsolini gets a penalty shortly after. So there were three goals in the first 20 minutes. And then uh, Joshua Xerxes with which uh, with a goal that was um, probably the worst defending that I've seen from there all year in the 50 seconds. I, I would, argue, I would argue the last like four or five years, probably that's like the worst defending on a single goal. Like maybe like we've yeah. done worse throughout a course of a game, but on a sing- like I've just never seen that in my life. But... Anyway. Yeah, we'll get into um, why all of it happened. And I guess that we can, you know, typically we talk about the players. We'll talk about um, the halves and so forth. And the last pod was appropriately titled The Tale of Two Halves. And um, I think it applies here. Um, but it's probably more so a tale of one quarter versus the other three quarters of the game. <laughs> three so, quarters. yeah. Yeah. Inter comes out the gate and... Um, gets on the board early and looks like it's going to be another dominant performance. We get our first goal off of a, uh, a set piece in a while, which was, was really good to see Johnny. You surprised that uh, we're finally off the mark in that regard. You know, considering the amount of opportunities we've had with, with good, good corners and, and good crosses into the box. And, and we've had guys get on to, to some, some headers that have just either been just over the bar, just saved, um, it is a little surprising it's taken us this long to score like that. Um, but hey, you know what? Uh, hats off to Achebe. It was a, I mean, he came short, flicked it on net, and really because of poor defending, he he basically had an empty net to put it into. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, it definitely was was poor defending, and then we'll get to so Lautaro scores his his goal, a beautiful layoff from Turam takes a you know a perfect touch into stride and then roofs it into uh the corner of the net uh just a terrific goal from a world class player and now let's get into uh this this uh complete drop off in performance that happens immediately afterwards i want to kick it over to nick after inter goes up to nothing i know how i was feeling i was feeling you know pretty secure despite the Jekyll and Hyde nature of of this Inter team at times how did you did you feel like Bologna still had a shot of of getting back into the match or did you have that same feeling of like you know Inter's gonna gonna run away with this one no honestly I didn't I thought Inter was gonna run away with it uh you guys know how high I am on Inter this year um and this this just seemed like it was gonna be a four or five goal performance uh you know you, you mentioned the goals Two things I'm very happy to say. Uh, you know, we, we previewed the season together. You guys have had me on a couple of times now. I'm I'm coming for Nima's record. So Nima, if you're listening, I'm coming for the all time guest appearance record. Um but t- should have that by I'm next ha- week at this rate. I hope so. <laughs> um the, the things that make me happy that we got right. Number one, the you know, Inter being favorites for a reason. I, I think that still stands true. Bologna's been a tough team. 
this year. They've kept four clean sheets in a row up until this game. They really locked down a little bit after that second goal. But Inter still looked the team to me, and Lautaro has been fantastic. I mean, we we mentioned that he should be the favorite to win Capo. He looks that. His goal was incredible. Um, I think... You know, there was no reason to believe that that Bologna, even though they've had some good performances, that they were going to be able to score anything, let alone two goals. Uh, you know, it's basically been Orsolini or bust for the past, you know, couple of weeks. So the fact that they did come back into it does speak to the fact that Tiago Mota, he knows what he's doing. Uh, you guys were very high on him from the beginning. Um, uh, you know, I obviously have been high on him. You know, this guy is a, was a world class player in his day. He's gone through the channels he's gotten his opportunity with this Bologna team and it's probably the perfect situation for him where he gets to mold these players who are you know a lot of them aren't world class they're serviceable players in some capacity but over the course of the past year year and a half you've seen him get the guys out that he has no use for he, he started off this year I think unconventionally with some of his lineup choices and now seven eight weeks into the season we're kind of seeing okay th- this team is not a joke they're you know, there's no guaranteed three points in, in Serie A, but um, th- that really, you know, this is maybe one of the more surprising results of any because of the four meters been in and because of the way the first 15 minutes took off, right? It, it, I think Skorupski even made a good save or two in between. So yep. this, this could have been three or four by the 20th minute, no question. Yeah, and so just to comment on Bologna as well, like, This is a side coming into the game that had a top five defensive record in all of Europe. They had, I think, four straight clean sheets coming into the match. Um, And you can't, like, when you look at the names, right, you look at the histories of of these clubs, it seems like a mismatch. But you have to look at what's happening today. And Bologna are one of the better sides in Serie A. You know, like you said, in no small part to Thiago Mota's influence, he really has that team playing well I mean I think the biggest uh the biggest thing that you can say for him as a coach is you can look at a player like Joshua Xerxes who's been you know derided for you know he was a a potential world beater and then his career stalled out and now he has him playing um in an immense fashion so yeah Tiago Mota is a good coach a likely favorite to succeed uh, Simone Inzaghi the day that he leaves uh, Inter and I think you know we would be in good hands eventually if that's the switch that happens but Bologna are a good team but at the end of the day what happened today was was unacceptable um, Lautaro gives away the penalty Johnny for you is is that a penalty for me it was clear but any um, anything to say about that penalty or specifically Guida's performance as a whole today which I thought was incredibly uneven I mean, listen, that was a clear penalty. I'm not going to be upset about that. Like, that was just a stupid play by Balautaro, especially given the mo- where we were in the moment. Like, we had them reeling. There was no opportunity. Even if Ferguson gets on that, it, there's a wall of Inter players in front of him. So maybe, maybe it takes a lucky ping-pong bounce into the goal. Who knows? However, I would have liked my chances of him taking that shot and then probably not getting it through clearly. Um, and then being able to maybe, you know, grab a third. You know, I said after we scored the first one when we did, I I, I messaged Tony and, and Nima, and I was like, all right, let's just make it 3-0 at halftime and then coast. Like, that was my goal. Like, like just get to 3-0, and then you can coast the rest of the way if you want. You know, get some other legs on there. When the second one came in the manner it did, I was like, all right, here we go. Like, this could be, this could be you know, the floodgates opening for us. Um, so to give up a penalty in that instance... I just don't understand why, why you felt the need to do that. Listen, with the way Lautaro's been playing, I'm not going to be upset forever. Like, I mean, it was just a dumb play. People are allowed to make mistakes. You know, um, it's a long season for, for a reason. So I'm not I'm not going to, to have that be a defining moment for him, of course, by any means, given, you know, I mean, he's got 10 goals in eight games in the league. Insane numbers, numbers that you haven't been Lau- put up since. You Lautaro apologist, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> I guess so, Always man. Com- Always defending Lauti and Barella, right? Never defending anybody else. Um, but yeah, like it's at the end of the day, it was it was a dumb play. Now, if we're gonna keep talking about Marco Guida, I can't stand him. I think he's one of the worst Serie A referees, and it's not even just when he does inter games. It's like any game that he does. Like he does good in the beginning. I'll give it like in in the first maybe twenty minutes. I think he was doing a fair job there. 
Um, but then second half, he allows it to just completely get away from him. And the, yeah. the imbalance of calls were just insane. The yellow card that Lautaro got, I've never seen a never. guy come in, cleanly get the ball, not really even touch Ferguson, and then it turns into a yellow. We should have had the ball going the other way. And who knows? I think we had numbers, if I remember correctly. And then all of a sudden, it's a yellow. Like, I just I didn't understand that. The delay on a foul, um, I don't remember if it was Mkhitaryan or Hakan on the edge of the box. That he he you know allows playing on and then and then after it goes in the box he decides to call it back. It, it just only uh, getting stepped on and not like you know yeah, and then no not, not even a, a no, um Cuadrado getting just ran into no not a yellow but it's to, it's a foul like how do you just not blow the whistle right there um and you know blow that whistle call the foul on on, on I think it was uh, what was it Calafiori is that is that mm-hmm. the kid's name yep yeah um who who ran into Cuadrado yeah um. Just very uneven, very uneven. Um, I've never been, and once I saw Maresca was the assistant VAR too. I just, I was like, okay, this it's going to be one of those days potentially referee wise. Now I'm not trying to take away anything from what Bologna did. Um, yeah. Although you could argue that the second goal that they scored was also just a brain fart, and we'll get into that too. But yeah, um, yeah, Guida just did a good job of what he typically does and and making it about himself. You know, I don't know if he just wasn't a good player as a kid, wasn't hugged as a child. I, I don't know. But he just likes he, to become the center sort of, of attention. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not going to, you know, by no means is this, uh, oh, we we drew this game because of uh, the refereeing. But uh, 100% on the same page as Johnny. Like, it was uneven. It, the Some of the fouls and, you know, yellow card decisions were really uneven. So, not a good performance for the referees today. Lautaro, that was a definite penalty. I think for me, he got caught up in the challenge and just didn't let go. Um, and that led to the penalty. It has to be said also for Lauti, uh, he is the third uh, Inter striker to hit the 10-goal mark by the eighth game of the season. Um, so good for him there. And the first since Meazza. And the first like that, since Meazza. Oh. That's, how, that's how far back we're going. Right, right. Like the there, there was a... Yeah, there was uh, who was the other guy? Doesn't matter at this point, but yeah, like since that long, I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. O- almost a hundred years. So, and had he put away, you know, four or five of the opportunities he had against Benfica, <laughs> we could be talking about an even more historic start to the season. But well, no, I mean, those yeah. are outside the league. But if he did, it's including it's including those matches. Um, no, it's ten goals in the league. Too. Or is it ten goals in the league? Yep. I thought it was including yeah, ten goals. Yeah. Oh wow, ten goals in oh, the wow. league, man! Insane start. Yeah, yeah, it is an insane start for him. Um, one of the things that I think is going to be a major discussion point for this game, and it was coming into the game, you know, an hour before kickoff, the lineup drops, and we go with our our best eleven, um, or at least what Simona believes is is our best eleven. So. The way that this game was playing out, that looked to be the right call because the reason that you do that coming off of a midweek Champions League game, especially against a side like Bologna, is you recognize their danger. You want to get out on the front foot, get a two-goal lead, and then be able to rest players as as the game goes on, right? It's sort of, if you're going to go with your starting, your your best 11 in a game like this, you know, off of little rest, you're doing it because you want to put an end to the game early on and then be able to to rest some players. You don't want to take any chances. Um, After Bologna scores the penalty and it goes to 2-1, we really, really took our foot off the gas. Like, I think if I'm to blame, if we're going to play the, play the blame game for today, I blame it on the lack of intensity or the the complete drop in intensity that happened after after the two one, and these are these type of games are decided by small moments. If you remember, Pavard had released Turam on a breakaway that could have easily been the three nothing. This was right before the penalty, but he gets it just out of his reach. Right? If you think back to these moments, all you need it's a matter of a feat that a pass gets sent in the right direction and then it's a three nothing win and the game plan is working perfectly. And then you can get your subs and you know, it, it, everything you don't come under the criticism that Inzaghi is ultimately going to come under criticism for after this match, which is he didn't get the rotation, right? He had tired legs on the field that didn't have the intensity and 
that's why we ultimately lost this game. Johnny, I want to ask you, is this a is this emblematic of of what we've seen from Inzaghi where he doesn't make the right decisions when it comes to the rotations? Is it something that you see it, you know, biting us in the ass? And ultimately, do you think that we drew this game because we approached it in that manner rather than let's rotate a couple players and then we can, you know, throw two ramen at the end if, if we need a goal? I mean, yeah, I think this is typically emblematic of Inzaghi with, with, with his stint with us at the very least, where he tends to lean on a lot of the old guard a little bit too much sometimes. Um, as much as I love Di Marco, I think that this would have been a good game for him maybe to be to be rested. And we saw the impact Augusto had coming off the bench. You know, maybe he could have had that same kind of impact for longer. And then I actually would have probably preferred Di Marco in the second half to be taking the set pieces, taking the, you know, I mean, I don't know. You saw my tweet about Hakan, you know, Hakan into yep. the wall, rinse and repeat. I, I just think at this point, he should not be the one taking the free kicks. Um, truthfully, I don't think he's really been an extraordinary free kick taker since he left um, the Bundesliga, in all honesty. I think um, now on corners, I'll he puts the ball exactly where he needs to be. He always seems to find the right people. Um but for whatever reason, when he has a direct free kick, it just doesn't get past the wall. Um, where Di Marco and even Barella seem to do a better job of, you know, maybe not scoring, but they'll they'll get it on goal and stuff. And that's I think at at this point it would be a good idea to do that. But you know, Inza- Inzaghi, I just think got listen. I, don't, I some people wanted to see the Vrai play over Acherbi. Obviously, Acherbi scored early, so that was redeemed. I would not. I would have been fine with either one, to be honest. Um, I think they both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses. We saw on the ball, I think it got released to Xerxes, how just winded Acherbi was. Like He was he was beat. If Sommer doesn't yeah. come out there, it's probably 3-2 for Bologna. So, um, the other, I think the only other one that people were, were calling for was, was um, uh, Augusto Alexis. over, over, over Di Marco. Oh. I... I I, I wanted to see Trump. Now, what we can get into in a little bit, too, is subbing off Tehran then for Alexis when he did just didn't make sense. Yep. I Tehran was, was so influential in the attack, so good in, in dribbling in the box and, and really just holding up play, allowing others to, to catch up and then laying it off that why would you take him off? He didn't look winded. He didn't look like he was slowing down by any means. But, you know, they... Uh, Listen, Inzaghi has done a lot of things right this season, and now it just seems lately in the last couple games more so uh, in the league he's he's just been getting it a little bit wrong. But hopefully, uh, hopefully he can figure it out. And Nick, as you know, someone who has had Simona as a coach um, in the past, is this like you know from your experience? Do you think Inzaghi has a a rotation problem, yes. or he just okay? Get, yes. Get into now, it. now I was going to say I, I was I was ready to to cut Johnny off. I, this is like this is new for him. This is new territory. He's never had anywhere close to this amount of squad depth. Um, I also think he's never had anywhere close to this these expectations that he has on him. So he's probably trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I just think this is not his strength. It, this this is something that needs to be improved if Inter are going to compete in multiple competitions. I think it probably will as the season goes on but um you guys both mentioned it right first 15 18 minutes of this game you know nobody was going to say a thing wrong about him right he's gotten it correct um it's just a matter of you know is he going to be able to put it together um and we don't know what's going on in the dressing room either are these guys who aren't getting the minutes or, or you know is everybody getting along is he playing guys not just for footballing reasons is it something else we don't know about. I mean, those are those are really the variables in my mind, but I can tell you the teams he had at Lazio, um, it was, you know, it was a 13-man rotation. I mean, it really, and that's that's all that he had on the squad. Now he Almost can go like a 15, NBA 16, bench. 17. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just is choosing not to, right? So uh, something I've seen before, <laughs> for sure. But again, for for this one single game, you're talking about, you know, to what I'm going to say are, you know, 
individual moments of brilliance, two class strikes from Inter, but two ridiculous mistakes. So, uh, you know, yeah. the, the rest of the game came down to inches. Skorupski, yeah. for me, was the man of the match. I thought he made a number of really good saves. Um, I thought Calafiori was really good. I thought... Um, I thought the, so, the, too. Yeah. The Greek kid on the left, um, I always get his name wrong. Yeah, I thought he was really good as well. So... Bologna did just enough. Um, you know, the, you replay this game again. I, I don't know that Inzaghi gets the criticism that maybe he's getting, but here we are. To be fair, like we, we can't really criticize Inzaghi because if you look at it, the two the two goals that Bologna scored are both mistakes that mm-hmm. yeah, they're not. That's not on him. You know, like that's Lautaro should know better in that situation. I would never blame Inzaghi for that. The goal on the second one, the right. defending. I mean, I can tell you, I, I listen. Having not even been in the dressing room, I guarantee you, Inzaghi is is not happy about the way they defended that. Like, and then it's, some people. It, it you was know, a I saw. when the ball gets played into Xerxes, It is a one v three at that point. Yeah. Acerbi, Bassoni, and Pavard are all in the area. Acerbi backs off, gets in the way of Bastoni, so Bastoni doesn't challenge, and then Pavard gives it, and you know. I, 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 this is not going to be a criticism of Pavard at all because he's been immense for us. It's just I thought he had a game, yeah. Outside of this, he he backs off ten yards and allows him to shoot. And Johnny, I I saw you tweeting like, how could people be putting that on Somer? How could people be putting that on Somer? Like, what what is even the argument? Because <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I guess you know, there's there's a Handanovic apologist because we used to get mad for Handanovic not diving. Because I guess you know Summer didn't dive, that it's it's Summer's fault too. I'll tell you, I, I can't remember. And listen, I, I, it's not recency bias. I can't remember a defense leaving a man that much space when Handanovic was ever in net, and backing off the way they did, and just kind of expect like each one of them almost expected the other one to close in on Xerxes, and Xerxes yeah. almost hesitates. Like he's even probably surprised that he has that much space available to him to do anything. And he just was like, "All right, I'm not. I don't have to go for power. I just got to go for placement. Place it, yeah. And th- and that's all he had to do. Like, I mean, I don't know. I I just I'm not gonna be hey. mad at Sommer, you know. And even on the penalty, I mean, do I think wish he could have got down maybe a little faster? Sure, but he still guessed right. He got a hand on it. Right. I mean, it's it, it's a game of inches right there too. You know, if he gets down sooner." Who knows? Like, what if what if he goes too low and it just bounces off the top of his hand and goes in? Like, you know, anything. It, right. it, so many different things uh, could have happened. Well, did you guys see what happened with Onana today or this year? So I you know, any, well, I didn't see today, but any any interfans who are you know big fans of his, they're gonna they're gonna be out for blood anytime. You know, Summer doesn't have a ten out of ten game. So, yeah. I mean, I'm a big I'm a big Onana fan, but I also know how good Summer is, and like I he was well. I wanted him and Trubin. Like I wanted the now for Summer and the future for Trubin. And we and we saw in the Champions League just how good Trubin still is. Like I mean, we we may have missed out now. <laughs> Shakhtar got a a hell of a deal with the fifty percent <laughs> sell on like fee when whenever Benfica does sell him. I mean that's a no brainer. Like if we offered the same money, I would have still sold to Benfica just for the future sale too. So, um. But anyway, like Summer is a class goalkeeper. I've loved him since he was at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Like he was, his reflexes were immense. And I think when you're that short, not that six foot is short, because I'm a six footer, so I'm never going to say six feet is short. But in terms of the goalkeeping world, when you're six feet tall, you do have to have reflexes to make up for for your lack of height. And his were immense. And and I mean, you, if you go back to him in the Euros with with Switzerland, what he did against Italy, like I mean. The guy yeah. was was huge for them, so I'm happy we have him, and I'm not gonna blame. It. Listen, do I love Onana? Do I wish we still had him? Absolutely, but Sommer is not a bad consolation prize, and I I would argue in terms of pure shot stopping, Sommer is actually the better goalkeeper, and that's not just because he's on the team. Like just just go look at the numbers. Like I'm not making this up, so I would yeah. not blame him for either one of those goals. But people will say I'm I'm biased towards Sommer, so whatever. So Inzaghi post match he says it's a problem of uh of concentration. Uh we have to always have it at a at a high level. Um it's two points that really really hurt to lose and for me it it doesn't feel good. Um and that's that is the case and you know we talk uh about blame game 
the defending on the second. I mean, the defending on the second goal and the overall drop in intensity. That's that's on the the players on the field, and it's on Inzaghi as well because I think. There's two substitutions for me that are wrong. It's Turam getting taken off in the 55th, and yep. it's Fatezi um, and, taking and that long to come on. Taking that long to come on, and I, with that one, I'm a little bit less like upset about because it, this is his first game back coming off an injury, and you don't sure. know how how many minutes he has in his legs. Like that's stuff that we're not privy to, but the game was calling for. The, the this game was really really compact from Bologna. They didn't get stretched until later on in the game, and it was calling for the directness. You saw when Cuadrado came on, like he was doing well. Augusto came on, he was doing well. Those are players that play in a really direct manner. So the game was calling for it, and Fratesi could have been useful earlier on. But again, like you don't know the the physical condition that he's in, so tough to um tough to say whether or not that substitution was made made too late or not and that's where in the time i'm questioning mota because he's taking off orsellini he's um you know he's putting on defensive minded players he's putting on a couple of guys probably people who watch city i'd never heard of right guys i've never even seen before for bologna but all defensive minded players uh you know midfielders defenders but he's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, look at the subs that Inzaghi has made. Alexis has to beat me. And I, I think he probably liked his chances at, at that point in time, right? Because uh, we spoke about it a couple weeks ago, Alex. You know, Alexis isn't there yet, right? He's, if, is he ever going to be the same player? You know, probably not, right? He's much older. Um, but he doesn't have his legs underneath him yet. This is his third game, maybe, that he's Better played game. in so yeah. far this year. So um, I thought, I, I guess it kind of made sense, um, you know, at the time. So credit to Malta. He did what he needed to do and he, you know, he, he left it on his players and they were able to hold out. Yeah. All right. Let's get into uh, some of these players here. Um, maybe we don't have to touch on everybody and maybe the way that we do this is we go through each level of the team. So defensively, um, Johnny from a, critical standpoint who is the player that that let you down the most today from from a defensive perspective i hate to say this um and it's it's you know he scored a a huge goal for us but i I think a chad b defensively was one of the the worst of the i mean and honestly you could flip a coin for me between him and bastoni i think both of them were not good enough defensively I just, I don't know. I feel like lately Bastoni hasn't been great defensively either. So I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it's tough for me to, to, to single one out. So I'll just say you could take your pick between those two. You know, you can make the argument for Pavard on that instant in the goal. But overall, I mean. He was amazing. He was He really was good. immense. Like, he really was. He really had that. I kind of wish he was left-sided because I think he would have been better at negating Orsolini than 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 Bastoni was because I mean there was a few times where Orsolini made Bastoni look a little silly, um, and I just show, I, I think it just shows a lot of holes in Bastoni's game um, defensively. So, but, but yeah, Pavard, I'm uh, Pavard, uh, I have nothing really bad to say about. So yeah, it'd be yeah. one of those two guys. For me, it's it's really clear it is Achebe. Just don't let the goal, don't let the stat sheet fool you. He allowed played Xerxes in a way that allowed him to have time and space like getting in the way of you know the other defenders and the way that he played that was really really poor from a guy that's a veteran and and should know better um so for me yeah Achebe was the worst performer I thought Bastoni any comments on him would have to come from his ineffectiveness offensively um it didn't feel like he had the same sort of verve for getting into the final third and you know, even some of his long balls were not not super sharp or didn't have the same like pace on them that they usually do. Um, they were sort of lofted and not um, not effective. Uh, so for me, yeah, Cherby gets gets the nod as as uh, the defensive liability. 
Nick, any any thoughts on what you saw from Inter's back line today? Any standout or any person that, that didn't show up? Yeah, no, you guys pretty much nailed it. There's not much I can add. I thought Pavard was really, really solid for another game. Um, that That's kind of what stood out to me. And, you know, you guys mentioned it. I think um, they all just looked a little tired, a little uncharacteristically tired because I don't, I'm trying to recall a, a ton of movement one way or the other, right? I'm, the first half especially, I'm thinking, well, these guys have to be so winded for, but you know, they did play a couple of days ago. So that's, that's gotta be it right early in the season, fixture congestion. Um, but no, I, I think a couple of individual mistakes, but other than that, it was pretty much a perfect game. Yeah. In terms of the midfield for me, the midfield gets a D for today. Um, I thought Hakan was, was pretty good. He didn't, he didn't have the incisiveness that he typically does, but of the three midfielders, I thought he was better. I thought, I saw a lot of Barella on the left and Mikitarian on the right, and that doesn't work. It, it just does not work. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't love any of the midfielders today. Johnny, anybody that you want to to bring up specifically? I know we thought Barella was coming back, but not a great game from him today. Yeah, same thing. I didn't, I didn't really love any of the midfielders myself. Um you know, each one of them had a, a few moments of brilliance, but not not anything consistently to be excited about. Um, you know, I think I thought Hakan looked a little tired. Um, Mickey was—I don't know—I I, I guess I don't see what everyone else sees in in Mickey Tarian, and I just to me he just seems like an old old guy running around there. Now, the game against Milan, I thought he was immense, but other than that, I, I, I think it's just all been very average games, in my opinion. Um, nothing that would be like, you deserve to be a starter week in and week out. Granted, I understand Fratesi is getting back from injury, so he's clearly not ready to put in a 70, 75-minute shift, but I don't know. I, I look forward to the day where hopefully he can be the guy, you know, starting. It, it did. It's so funny you say that. Like uh, Mickey, to me, it's like the cheerleader effect, right? Like he looks better by association. I, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I, I think that I think the team around him has made him look good for the better part of two years now. Um, but the, the one that stood out to me was Barella. I mean, a couple couple bad performances in a row, or, or you know, three out of the last four, something like that. And uh, Alex, you and I spoke about it. <clears throat> it's not that he's stand out poor it's that our expectations of him are and should be much higher right if we're, if we're talking about him being world-class which i think he has the talent to be he does everything he does everything well he's got to stand out in a game like this and i thought ferguson completely outplayed him uh, i mean this there's just no two ways about it if you watch this game yeah i um i am ready for more fratesi I'm ready for more Fratesi. Hopefully this injury was a, a niggler, as they call it. Oh, God, I hope that doesn't get clipped in the wrong way. Um, but I hope it was oh, a, nagging, a nagging injury that doesn't, uh, that doesn't affect him because I'm, I'm very ready to see more Fratesi. Obviously, I would like to see him and Barella next to each other, but yep. I didn't think that Barella was affected, effective on the left-hand side. So let's see if Fratesi can play there. If not, then... Yeah, um, I'm not sure how they how they'll play this moving forward. Either Mikitario needs to come into form and Barella needs to come into form, or uh, yeah, I don't know what the alternative is is going to end up being. As far as the wing backs today, like um, Donfries wasn't effective, but you can say the same thing for Di Marco. Um, a few dangerous cross- crosses early on, but in the last podcast we talked about the ineffectiveness of his crossing at times it, it became a very apparent today like if he's not on his balls aren't aren't played very well i think he had one to the back post so don't freeze that would balls. have been a nice opportunity go ahead johnny no i was just you said his balls oh. aren't on so i was like pause <laughs> yeah yeah his balls aren't always on so um yeah i thought Quadrado was good when he came in. I thought we were looking much more dangerous down that right-hand side. I would like to see more of him. And then Augusto was a monster. I mean, just a monster. Like, the way that he had that pullback to get around, I forget who was defending him from Bologna, was awesome. The way that he was attacking second balls, 50-50 balls, was really, really good. Um, 
his crossing is not not the best either, but I really like having that option off the bench. And um, Johnny, I know you weren't super excited when he came in, but I know for a fact you've got to be turning around on this kid. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously I was I wanted money to be spent spent elsewhere. Um, I actually wanted to keep Gozins more so, but yeah, today he played like an actual Brazilian, which was nice <laughs> to see for sure. They just got um, that call up. Yeah, he did. did. That's no, it. it was, I, you uh, know, maybe he got that call him. up juice. That's what's running through him. You know, now he's like, I got really got to play. Um, you know, like my my compatriots and put in a little Roberto Carlos performance. But um, yeah, no, I thought he was. I would argue outside of the outside of Taram, I would say he was probably like the best player this game. I agree. In my opinion, um, I agree. The spark that he brought on. The uh, I, there was one instance to not just a pullback, but he had a, another one where he 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 stole the ball, ran, chipped it past the guy, and then headed it forward to Barella, which I mean it was a little out of his reach, but like just to do that, I was I was extremely just, impressed with him. Yeah, um, animal. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I hope he continues to to grow into it, and eventually maybe you know. I think it's good. I, 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 you know, when I think DiMarco played his best last season when he knew Gozins was a threat to his his starting position. I think it's it's going to be good for the both of them if they continue to push and challenge one another. And um, yeah, so I can't. I've got no complaints uh, from him. Cuadrado when he came on, I mean, listen, he brings a a little flair to almost a chaotic sense. When he gets in the yeah. box, you you could see how people just back off from him because they know what one he could be looking to dive. I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend like <laughs> he, he wouldn't, but you know, and and two, they they know what I mean. He he could shoot, he could cross. He's got so many different you know uh, tools in his belt that they they have to be aware of him. So I felt yeah. like once he came on, that was another threat that we didn't have. And I um yeah, I hope. Listen, I just hope we continue to to move in this direction with these guys where they continue to grow into the squad, get comfortable and um, hopefully, you know, it leads to, to more goals and production. Nick, what yeah. did you think of, uh, of Cuadrado today? I know, you know, you've seen him for his, his whole Serie A career. He's yep. still looking as dangerous as ever, or do you think he's taken a, a step back? So I was highly critical of this move. Um, not this, I, I just figured, Same. you know, this guy, this guy was, not up to quality for Inter or what Inter's trying to accomplish. I, I assumed he'd go to South America, Saudi Arabia, MLS, something like that at this stage in his career. But Charlotte I FC, think, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think this could be the perfect situation for him because he knows he's going to get 20 minutes a game. He's probably happy with it. And he can be the menace that he is. You said it. He creates chaos. I think that's still true. He still has a fair amount of pace for his age. Uh, and he's he's good with the ball. I mean, that, that's never been in question, right? So if, if he's going to come into a role um, situationally and he's not expected to defend, <laughs> um, I, I think he could be he could be a good move. So I, I will definitely say I've been wrong on him thus far. Yeah, I would like to see more of him um, for obvious reasons. Um, speaking of the attack, Lautaro and Turam, again, like they – they didn't get a lot of service, but when they did, you can see that that partnership is is very effective and very deadly. The only thing that got in the way of it was um was you know I guess rest for for Turam having to take him off, or if that was a move from Simone that was strategic to try to get Alexis involved or to try to play in a different way. We don't know, but um, I think that that is a substitution that that you can be re- really critical of. Johnny, what did you think of? Alexis when he came on today I like Nick was saying earlier you know I don't think that he will ever be what he used to be but I do think like he was dangerous in in my eyes like he did he did create chaos or sort of in a a quadrado like sense um and had he not straight straight offside he would have had a goal so what did you think of of Alexis's uh performance today in the second half I don't know, man. I, I kind of got to disagree. Like, I, I, I think when he came on, um, one, I was surprised that he took Turam off to begin with. I think that was a mistake. But I feel like he was just, I don't know, misplaying balls, turning the balls over, poor crosses. I, 
the laziness to come back onside. Like uh, literally, all he had to do was take like two more steps. He's on, and then that ball gets played into him, and then it's a goal. Like you, I think I expect more from him than I ever did from Korea. And when he does these things that just seem careless and lazy, it's it's more frustrating. You know, Korea, no one really expected. When he scored a banger or something, it was like, wow, okay, pleasant surprise. We didn't see that coming. Alexis, if he if he would have scored, you know, for, instead of crossing, if he would have curled that into the top corner, we would have all been like, you know what? Yes, he's capable of that level of, of uh, magic. And... I just feel like he he was more disappointing than impressive in a lot of ways. Um, getting caught in the corners, easily pushed off balls. You know, um, I give him a pass on the the corner set piece that I don't know how Lautaro flicked it onto goal. Like I I'm, I still watch that replay and I'm like, where 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 what foot did you even hit that with? I had no idea how he did that. Um, so I can't blame him for being late to the back post because who in their right mind would expect that ball to somehow end up there. So, but yeah, I mean, I expect, I expect more from Alexis and, you know, some people were saying like, Oh, he's good enough to be the third striker, even the preseason. So far, I haven't seen anything. Now I, I agree with Nick that yes, it's only been, you know, two, three games. He's still getting his legs underneath him. But at the same time, you know, Guys like Jekyll were able to come in and have immediate impacts yeah. where, you know, we would have thought that they were probably more finished than than Alexis was. So I don't know. I I hope he, he gets I don't listen. I don't want him to fail. I, right. I don't want anybody at Inter to fail. So um, <clears throat> in fact, I want Denzel Dumfries to become the best right wing back in the world so we can fool an EPL team into paying 70, 80 million for him. So hopefully he turns that around. But. Alexis, I I hope he figures it out soon here because not having Arnautovic for three to four months, yeah. now what do do we like worry about when we get to January? And instead of maybe wanting to, I don't know, bring a, a wing back in or another center back or whatever, you know, now it's like we have to focus on maybe bringing in a, a striker to to be that third guy. Yeah. You know, it's for a team that doesn't have a lot of money, we seem to be having to spend a lot of money to to stay competitive. So, we'll. Uh, I hope he can he can turn it around and, and, and handle the pressure. Yeah, um, I do think that he's he's going to play better, but I also understand people's concerns around the the striker depth right now because it's not it's not good. Um, all right, I'm feeling a little bit of a, a depressive feeling about Inter coming on, and I I guess <laughs> you know we should wrap up this episode by Don't talking about. We should wrap up this episode by talking about whether or not you guys feel that this lack of concentration, the drop of intensity, whether you feel like that is ultimately going to be something that plagues Inter throughout this entire season and is the reason why we can't reach our objectives or are we going to call these early season blips just that blips? Yeah, listen, I I think this is a typical Serie A match week eight, match week nine performance for any team. We're going to see it two or three more times this weekend, just getting started, right? This is the first, well, I guess there were two games yesterday, but this is the first real game so far this weekend. Anybody else could drop points. Anybody could drop points any given week. We talk about it all the time. There's really no easy three points. And Champions League is hit hard early in the year. Uh, international break, right? We already had one window. We have another one coming up this week. Inter has a lot of players that are going to feature in these games. So this doesn't concern me in the slightest. Um, you know, obviously, as somebody who watches Bologna a fair amount, you know, it, this is this is a good performance from them. Their defense has been very good. Uh, you know, they locked it down for 70-plus minutes uh, for the most part, right? Not to say Inter didn't have chances, but... Um, this is this isn't cause for concern for me as an outsider. Uh, you guys might feel differently, you know, uh, being a little bit closer to it than I am. But I think, uh, you know, if you were to tell me that Roma, that Milan, that Lazio, that Juve, that Napoli, you know, one of these teams aren't going to drop points this week or the week after, get real. Of course they are. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sweat it just yet. Johnny, where's your panic meter? Uh, I'm not panicking either. Uh, I think more so it's, 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 
it's something I think they need to straighten out because what I'm seeing mostly is a level of arrogance. It's almost as if they expect teams to just roll over for them. Um, once they do get a one, two goal lead, that they expect like, oh, that's it. It's over for us. We're not going to come back and, and win this. Um, and that needs to stop. You know, like, like Nick said, nobody's an easy three points uh, unless it's Empoli. Let's let's be honest. Like that might be the only one that's a guarantee for everybody. Um, but in turn, like, you know, Frosinone could be a tough game. Lecce could be a tough game. You know, uh, all these teams that just got called up, you know, Genoa, Cagliari, they could be tough games. You know, like no one's just going to roll over and die. They're all professionals. They all, you know, they're they're Oop. playing not only for a paycheck, but also. Oh, there he is. What? Oh, sorry. It yeah, they're playing not. A, I it says it picks it up though, so I I think when like because I've had it with you guys too, but the audio tells me it's it's still going. So hopefully we're we're good. Um, but yeah, like nobody, you know, these teams are they're playing for paychecks, they're playing for you know spots on the squad for next season. Nobody wants to just you know lose six seven nothing or whatever. You know, this isn't the EPL where you can you know go play. Brentford and beat them six one, you know, one day, or or then you know mop up the ZB, you know, like it's not going to be that easy every week for all these teams. So, don't you know that the Brentford side, no one from Milan would get in there? Don't you know that nobody, nah, nobody, not a single player. Leao would be lucky to even make it <laughs> over there. So, guys, do you think if yeah. Brighton came to the Serie A, they would win the? League? No, I think that's... they, I think they'd win it easy, actually. Yeah, yeah, easily. Right? Um, I'm gonna, but, um, I'm gonna. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I am gonna keep my panic meter is low, and reason being, it's, it's game these, eight, man. It's game eight. That's but that's exactly the point. Like these lessons are like there are lessons that every team needs to learn um, as seasons progress. So I'm happy that it's earlier on in the season. I mean, things could be way worse, right? It's like it's a two-two draw to Bologna where we were clearly the better team if not for two individual episodes that went we had went three wrong. losses last year at this point in the season like right. this is this is a draw we've only had one loss let's 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 pump the brakes do i expect better absolutely i'm not going to sit here and pretend like when you're up to nothing i expect you to win that game i don't care who you are no. but you just allowed you know stupid mistakes like you said allowed bologna to get back into this and tie it and that's that should not happen ever again, in my opinion. So, yeah, my only concern is that I think coming into the season, we were like, oh, we have basically two teams that we can field. And now I don't feel quite like that anymore. I yeah. think health wise, um, it's going to be really important that all these guys come back from the international break, okay, because our striker department certainly cannot afford to take another hit. I think, you know, with Bastoni back there, I think he's super super critical and we don't have a, uh, a good replacement for him and then i think in the midfield um i'm also feeling a little um uncertain because i'm not sure that class and sensi and aslani um are going to be able to rise to the level that we potentially need them to rise to if if you know health calls for it so that's really my my only concerns other than that i'm going to throw this game away um the same way that, you know, I'm sure after Inzaghi chews out the guys for those two specific instances that they're all going to throw this one away and get back to the drawing board. Um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, no, I would uh, I would agree with you 100% on that. So um, I Already. do have a question, though. I want to ask Nick here. Who's better, Orsolini yes. or Chiesa? <laughs> Um, tough, tough. Honest, honestly, um, Orsolini, man, I, I love the guy. He's my favorite player. The reason I like him is because he is more of that old school, wants to do everything, wants to be everywhere on the pitch. You didn't have to teach him that. You're, you're teaching Chiesa to get back and defend and do things like that. Orsolini wants the ball at all times. He, he has the balls to take on his man. Um, but his skill is kind of stagnated, right? Like I think he's yeah. he's much of the same player he was when he was twenty or nineteen. So that's you know that's the unfortunate part I think about his game. Um, Sorcellini's better. Got it. Yeah, I mean, 
Are you going to... Um... I, I, I loved, uh, I mean, just seeing the way he worked defensively, the way he tracked back yep. and actually, like, pushed Bastoni off the ball. You'll never get that from Chiesa. Right. This guy will give 110. He, it may, like, to me, he's like an upgrade on Berardi, where he will do everything and every, anything and everything for the, the club. And he'll he'll put it all on the line there. I, I love that. So... It- and what you saw today, especially early on, Inter had two guys on him at all times. I mean, very, very, very fortunate, obviously, to get the penalty call and, and you know, be the guy to step up and take it. But if uh, if that doesn't happen, you know, teams are realizing this this Bologna team, you know, Xerxes, we talked about him. He had a good game. But this is his, what, second goal for Bologna, maybe third goal, you know, in the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You know you have to key in on this guy losing Arnautovic, not really bringing anybody else in. Offense is limited for this team. They're they're lucky their defense has been fantastic, but uh, Orsolini is going to be the guy, especially after the last two weeks, four goals in two games. Teams aren't going to let him get away with it anymore. Right? He's going to have mm-hmm. to earn absolutely everything that he gets. And is he going to be able to get away with it against the bottom five, bottom ten teams of the league? I think he is. Is he going to wind up somewhere around fifteen goals? You know, five to ten assists. Absolutely, you know. But is he ever going to rise above that? You know, he's 26 now. Uh, you know, the reality is reality, right? I, I love the guy, um, but like I said, seven years, the the level hasn't risen to where I'd hoped it might. Yeah, but you hear the average Chiesa enjoyer. That means Orsolini is better. Yeah, no. hands down, not even a question. He stays healthy anyway. That's that's the difference. <laughs> I think at this point, <laughs> availability is key. Let's hope he makes the difference for the national team too. Because yeah, I wish be- he yeah. got called up. I, I can't explain. And since you brought it up, if anybody that's listening um, can explain to me how Zaniolo or Moise Keane gets called up before Orsolini, especially in the absence of Rategi and Chiro Immobile, and I mean that's another and conversation. Is not going to be there. Like and I mean, I just... might, might may now not be there. How Orsolini doesn't get the call up? Uh, like I need that explained to me. Like I'm yeah. five. Yeah, I I think he can actually be a difference maker for the national team. So, especially let's that's see. our weakest position on the right. I'm sorry. Now now you got me down this fucking rabbit hole. But like, <laughs> yeah. who else do we have on the? You telling it's me Zaniolo's be better than the, him? No way. It's going to be bet out of the. Is, yeah. is how he's going to roll. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh get out of here and hope that our Saturdays get better. Um. Nick, you still have a shot at your weekend going well. So we'll see how. <laughs> how Lazio does but um in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini forza ragazzi forza ragazzi forza ragazzi